Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the For the Town podcast. My name is Brian Doback, and I'm the pastor at uh, Streamsong Church in Doylestown. Uh, we are for Doylestown, and on this podcast, we're seeking to discover the God-given creativity, the drive, and the passions of people and leaders within uh, the Doylestown and Central Bucks community. And really, we do this by interviewing local entrepreneurs and philanthropists and educators and business leaders and people in governance, healthcare professionals, and employees really of all levels, all walks of life, and celebrate people and highlight their particular role in the community and really give you uh, a path on how to connect with them. So uh, without further ado, today uh, on, on the podcast, we have uh, Principal Brian Finger. Uh, Brian is the principal at uh, Cold Spring Elementary School. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you today, Brian? Good, man. Thanks. Thanks for uh, being on again. Uh, really appreciate. Man, just uh, man, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Do you uh, you got a, you have a family? You got kids? Uh, you're married? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I am married. Been married to uh, my wife Michelle for 27 years. Um, we are both well. We both started our careers teachers. She is still a teacher, and um, I'm a principal now. And then we have four kids of our own. Um, they go from 24 is the oldest uh, down to 16 is our youngest four kids. The two oldest are boys and the two youngest are girls. Wow. So, and uh, uh, you're, is it the 16 year old going to Penn state? Is that? No, he's, no, he's my 18 year old. That's my, my 16 year old Timmy. He's our youngest. He's a, he'll be a junior next year. Yeah. Um, our third boy, our third child, who's a boy, Riley, he's going off to Penn state in the fall. Yeah. And then your 24 year old, where did uh, he go? That's a girl. The two girl. older girls, the 24-year-old um, went to Penn and now works in Manhattan. So mm. she lives in New York City. And then my 22-year-old went to Temple and she is off to Life Chiropractic School in Atlanta in the fall. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. You're, uh, sounds like your daughters are venturing out into the world. They're, you know, it's funny. I, I find this with not just them, but a lot of kids their age, like they love to go and do things they love the city like they both my one daughter loves new york my other daughter loves philly it's i don't know why that is but and i find that with a lot of their friends like they love that like adventurous being in the city kind of life good for that man good for them um i can't imagine living in manhattan that's that's just like insane <laughs> to me <laughs> especially right now yeah I don't, I don't, I could barely do Philadelphia. Like I love Philly, um, but I don't think I could live in Philly, let alone New York city. That's crazy. Everything's fast. You just, I always tell my wife, that's the one thing I don't like about New York city is I feel like you can't ever just stop and take a breath for five minutes. Everybody's always moving. You know, it's just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, man. Um, I, cause I'm always learning for myself. I'm taking advice on this. You know, I, I love to hear from people, uh, particularly like people that uh, are married um, and have kids. You know, we have daughters five and three, so much younger than your kids. What, what a, I want to I want to like hear what you're learning from, you know, from marriage um, about yourself through parenthood, because um, I'm taking advice. I'm taking pointers, man. <laughs> well, hopefully I can give you some. I, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I think. One word that comes to mind is humility. I think mm -hmm. that's a word that sticks out to me a lot. I've learned in my 27 years of marriage that like, I don't have all the answers. And, you know, sometimes I just have to learn to swallow my pride, so to speak, and say, you know what, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I wasn't right, you know, maybe. So I think 
you learn the older you get, maybe the less you think you know. Like I think when you're young, you think you know a lot more than you really do. And then as you get older, you realize, wow, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought and I still don't know as much. So humility is a big one. Patience is a big word that my wife and I talk about all the time. Like I feel like when we were younger, we did things without thinking about it at times and then you weren't ready for the ramifications. And so yeah. we've learned to like, all right, before we make that decision, let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's do whatever about it. And don't, you know, don't always be in a hurry, you know, like slow down, be patient. So that's something that I've learned from both being a husband and being a parent, like patience is, is really big. And I think the other thing I've learned a lot is sometimes you just need to be quiet. Like don't, you know, sometimes you don't need to give the last piece of advice that you think you need to give to your wife or to your kids. Like they may just want to hear you listen and maybe they don't need you to say anything. So just keep your mouth shut and, and listen. Yeah. That's a good word, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you, um, you, uh, uh, don't you work in Doylestown? You're the principal at uh, Cold Spring, um, but uh, you live in Lansdale. Is that what you you said? I actually live in Souderton, which is Souderton, like yeah. two two towns over from Lansdale. It's not far. Yep. Um, yeah, I live in Souderton. We've lived here pretty much our whole life. Because mm-hmm. actually, my wife taught in Central Bucks before I did. We were both teachers married, and Souderton was sort of in the middle. And then um, when we had kids, she resigned to be home with our kids. And then I ended up getting hired as a principal in Central Bucks. Um, so we've just stayed in this house. We've been in Sowerton pretty much our whole married life. We lived started an apartment. Now we're in a house, but we live in Sowerton our whole married life. Yeah, awesome. Do you ever, do you get to spend uh, any like you know kind of leisure quality time in Doylestown from time to be time? honest with you, I no, I don't really get into Doylestown much. It's kind of funny you would think. Because my school's really not in Doylestown. It's on the north end of, it's up yeah. on 413, so it's outside of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really, to be honest with you, go into town. I don't very often go into Doylestown. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what are, I, I, I like to ask people, like, what are, uh, just then getting to know people, what are, like, your, um, what do you like to do for fun, man? And, or what are, like, your three favorite things? It can be anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sports. I'm a big sports guy. Yeah. I'm a big Philly guy. If you live in Philly, maybe you've heard like talk about people being a four for four guy. Like I'm a Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers fan. I'm, Eagles are my favorite. I We have season tickets. We've had them since I think I was in like second grade when my dad got them. So I've been fortunate to go to a lot of Eagles games. Um, so I'm really a big Eagles fan. But any, I just love sports. I love to watch them, love to play them. I'm just a big sports guy. Um, the beach. I love the beach. Um, my wife actually grew up near the beach, so she's got that inner blood from being little, but I do love the beach. We do love go to the beach a lot in the summer if we can. And in the summer is nothing. I just love the summer. Like, this is my favorite time of year we're coming into now. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I love the hot weather. I love being outside doing stuff. So yeah. summertime's a lot of fun. Awesome, man. You know, uh, you may hang up on me when I tell you this, but you, uh-huh. you said you're, you're a four for four. Yeah. Um, I'm 0 for four. Uh-oh. Just don't tell me you're a Cowboys fan because that's a problem. No, man. Well, it's worse to some Eagles fans. So I'm a Giants fan. Oh, oh you're killing me. I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, it's getting worse. Um, I actually, I actually am a Flyers fan. Um, okay. So one for four, and then uh, <laughs> this is the kicker. Uh, every anybody in Philly that I tell this to, that uh, I'm. Don't a, tell I'm me a, Celtics. Don't tell me Celtics. Even worse, I'm a Lakers fan. Oh, the Lakers. Oh, How did you become a Lakers fan? You're not from California. I know. It, basically, um, 
So I graduated high school at Unionville High School in Chester County. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know where that and, is. Um, yeah. I graduated in 98, uh, which was like the year after Kobe Bryant graduated from Lower Marion. Yeah. And uh, I, I followed Kobe in high school. Um, and then right when he got to the Lakers, uh, I became a Lakers fan. And I, I just followed Kobe like all the way through uh, his career. So that's where the Laker connection comes from Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Yeah. I get it. All right. Yeah, man. So it's it's kind of tough going being a, a Giants, Yankees, Lakers fan in Philadelphia, but it's all good. That's a strange mix. That certainly is a strange mix. Yeah, it is. It is. Man, I, I want to talk about um, – I've been really interested in, in talking about what you do. Um, you know, being a principal to you, you're probably just so used to it and, you know, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but – for somebody like me, man, I think it's like, I, I genuinely think um, it's, it's kind of fascinating. And I, I coach a high school golf team uh, on the side uh, in the Lower Marion District at Harriton High School. Okay. So August to October, I'm in and around uh, the high school setting again for three months. Frequently, I'm around my athletic director, a principal, and faculty. And, um, man, I, I've grown up in appreciation for you know school teachers and principals and athletic directors and I can't imagine just being like in your shoes as a principal and leading a school it just seems like a significant like undertaking um what is it like you know being a principal <laughs> of yeah, a school that's a great yeah um I mean I love it I'm very fortunate to do what I do I you know I always tell people like I tell my kids this all the time, like, you have to find something you love to do with your life. You got to find something that fits your skill set. That's the term I use. And I'm fortunate that I landed somewhere that fits my skill set. Um, What's your skill set? Well, I think to be a principal, you have to be, um, A, able to juggle lots of things because as a principal, you, you don't, it's not a job where you spend extended periods of time on one project. You go from thing to thing. You're always, you know, you have 16 plates up in the air at once. You have to be able to stop and start a lot. Um, so, and I like that. That kind of fits my skill set. It fits my personality. You know, I like that's who I am. So um, I think you have to, it's a people job. You know, I interact with kids, teachers, aides, parents, administrators, other people in the district. So you have to be able to, you know, work with people and get along with a variety of people. And I feel like that's something that um, I can do fairly well. That's again, that's part of my skill set, I think. Um, so it definitely is a challenging job. And I tell people all the time, like I've been doing it 20, this is my 22nd year as either an assistant or a principal. And it's harder now than it ever was. Wow. Um, harder now than it ever was. And, and I don't know, know why, why that is. Like I've tried to figure that out. I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, I just, I do feel like in a lot of professions, it may not just be, be a principal. Everybody's being asked to do more. And so maybe that's in your role. That might be the same as a pastor. If I was a, policeman or if I was in a business world maybe that'd be the same thing I don't know but it is a very challenging job very but it's very rewarding as well so um yeah I'm very fortunate I feel very fortunate to do what I do yeah did, did you uh did you um go to college to do this or what, what where did you go to college I went to Ursinus College in Collegeville okay. yep so but I did not um when I was younger I loved politics and I loved Spanish. I was, that's something that sort of came easy to me, the language. So when I went to college, 
I majored in, believe it or not, international relations and, and I minored in Spanish because I thought maybe I'll do something using my Spanish. Um, and when I got out of school, the reality was I had one of those degrees you really couldn't get a job with. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's just, I had a liberal arts degree and it was hard to get a job. So I started working for a friend of mine who was went to, I graduated with and he worked for Penn State and Pico and they did like these assembly programs in schools. And so I did it part-time just to make some money because I was young and ran out of college. And I was in a school one day and the principal in the school said to me, he said, he saw one of the programs that I did. He's like, Brian, do you ever think about being a teacher? And I was like, no, not really. Never really thought about that. He said, maybe you should. I think you do a good job. So I pursued that, went back and got my teaching certification. And he actually ended up hiring me as a wow. principal, as a teacher in his building over, that was in um, Upper Perth, Green Lane, Red Hill, over that area. And then while I was teaching there, he said to me, Brian, do you ever think about becoming a principal? <laughs> I was like, no, not really. He's like, I think you should think about that. So I went back to school and got my degree at Lehigh for my master's degree and my principal cert. And, and then I got hired in Central Bucks in, I think it was, 90, yeah, it was the spring of 98 was when I got hired uh, to be an assistant principal in Central Bucks. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. So you started as a teacher and uh, you just really moved along to become a principal. Yep. You have to teach in Pennsylvania. You have to teach for five years before you can become an administrator. Oh. So I taught and I was an assist. I was actually the assistant at Cold Spring where I currently am for two years. They opened a few new schools. So they moved some of the veteran principals to the new schools and they moved me to one of the older schools to assume the principal job, which is called Gaiman Elementary, which isn't far from Cold Spring. It's right up the road, like five minutes. Hmm. I was there for 12 years, um, and then eight years ago, they shifted some people around, and I was one of the guys they shifted back to Cold Spring. So I sort of come full circle because I started there as the assistant principal, and now I'm back 12 years later as the principal. Wow. Okay. Man, what are, you know, you talked about um, <clears throat> uh, having to, you know, juggle a lot. Um, there's many different things on your plate, um, which sounds like a challenge. Um, what else would you say are, you know, your greatest challenges as a, as a principal? Um, I think it's the people piece of things. It's a challenge that, but a challenge that I love. Um, I think one of the, one of the most uh, rewarding parts of being a principal for me is to sort of have a vision for what I would like the school to be and then get everybody to sort of buy into that vision and then move the whole ship forward so to speak towards that vision and that's that can be challenging because you have so many different personalities and um different skill sets of people that may not totally agree with what you're doing every decision and um and may not totally understand what you're trying to do and so but on the other hand it's such a great it's rewarding when you see it sort of happen you know and i love working with teachers because at least i can only i can speak for teachers they're ridiculously creative mm -hmm. hard working and if you give them an idea they just run with it. I mean, they, mm. they, they come up with things that you would have never, that I would certainly never have thought of mm. when I, when I had this, like I come up with some vision for like the school theme for a year or some idea I have, and I run it to some teachers and they just like, well, we could do this. What about this? And I'm like, I never thought of that, but that's, that's cool to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. With the, uh, you know, having so much on your plate, um, I'm curious, uh, you know, there, there seems like there's just a lot of moving parts you know, uh, in a school, whether it's like staff, faculty, the kids, right? Um, the curriculums and 
so many things. Um, how do you, how do you put all those pieces together to make it all work? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question. I think part of it, you know, I always, people always ask me, what's your most important job as a principal? And I think this is where that comes in. Um, I believe, and this probably applies to a lot of roles. My important, most important job is the is hiring the right people. Yeah. Because if you hire good people, if you hire people that know how to make good decisions, problem solvers, um, people that are go-getters that really want to do a good, if you hire the right people, then your job is so much easier, right? Because they just do it. You know, you don't have to oversee everything they do. Um, so I think that's part of it. And in CB, we're fortunate because a lot of people like to work in CB. It's a place that people want to be. And so we, when we hire, we're getting top quality people, you know, whatever the, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a, some of the work in your office, whether it's a custodian, it doesn't matter what the role is, you're getting people that really, because CB is a place that's good to work. So people want to work there. So we're fortunate that we have good people. So I, I think that's one of the main reasons I accomplish what I do is because of the great people around me. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what do you, um, you know, what, can you share with me like a, just like maybe some kind of a story that just re really reinforced to you, like, man, like I love my job, you know, like, like what's something recently, maybe this past school year, maybe something that happened that, that just really reinforced that for you. And yeah. Uh, so we, unfortunately, at our school, are dealing with three families who the dad has ALS. Yeah, okay. And, you know, it's really tough. That's a terrible disease. It's just, uh, it's just bad in so many ways. Um, so we ran an ALS walk, and we did it at our school, and it was just, um, it was so well um, attended. The fire, we have such a good relationship with, like, the fire department, the police department. So they, they were involved. Um, we just had hundreds of people raised a ton of money. We were able to write a really nice check to all three of the families because I've been told that ALS is the bankrupting disease. Like if, you, if someone in your family gets ALS, it pretty much bankrupts your family because it's just so expensive. Um, so it was nice to be able to present each other's families with a significant check. Um, and that was just the credit to the community coming together. So that's what I'm talking about. Like what I said earlier, when you have a vision and you want it to happen and people put it in motion to make it happen. That was an example of, that happened last, I think it was in October when we did that. And it was just, mm. it was awesome. Yeah, it was really That's awesome, awesome, man. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I've learned since starting my high school coaching, my golf team coaching uh, seven years ago. Uh, I, I learned, because uh, it's at Herodon too. I learned that high schools, like, they're like, they get involved in the community. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't really remember that being the case when I was in high school in the nineties. Um, unless I was in a daze when I was in high school and I just didn't like notice it. Um, but high schools really seem to be much more involved in their communities than maybe they were um, 25 years ago or more. And um, which I think is really cool. Can you tell me more about, like how you guys are involved in the community. Like you, you were talking about the, uh, the Barclays elementary, the food, um, the farmer's market, like what else are you guys are involved in? Um, yeah, it really depends year to year. Like we, what we try to do at our school, and I think a lot of schools do this and I agree with you. Schools do seem to be more involved in community projects 
now than when we were in school. I definitely think that's true. Um, so we try every year to do something to pick a cause or to pick, or, or we, we always have a school theme. And then maybe the cause that we pursue is um, something related to that theme. So for example, a couple years ago, we did, we, there's an organization called Cradles to Crayons. I think that's exactly what Cradles to Crayons, something like that. And they're basically an organization that helps underprivileged families with young kids. And so we did a fundraiser where we collected, like, it wasn't just collecting money, but like clothes and car seats and it could be gently used or it could be new. And then we were able to have them come and, and, and we were able to give them that stuff. Um, one year we did one where I was connected with a, a ministry from, that was in, that was in Haiti. Um, you may have heard it. They're local guys. Uh, Poverty Resolution. You ever heard of them? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're local CB grad guys, and they started an organization that does relief work in Haiti. So we actually raised enough money to help buy them a school bus for Haiti because <laughs> they bust the kids. You know, they have a school in Haiti, and they bust the kids to school. So we were able to raise enough money to help with that. So they're just two examples of things we've done over the past year. It changes. We don't do the same thing every year. It changes year to year. And one of the things I do try to do a lot is have the kids be like the, certainly involved, but even be the leaders. So I'll have kids that'll come to me. Like I remember one year a girl came to me in sixth grade, she said, Mr. Kringer, I, I would love to do something for like SPCA, you know, for animals that are abandoned. And I said, let's do it. So I worked with her mom and we planned the whole fundraiser and she was sort of in charge and we, re- we collected like cat food and dog food and litter and toys and all kinds of stuff. And then she delivered them with her family to the SPCA. So I do try to get the kids involved as much as possible. That's awesome, man. Hey, can you, can you tell the listeners um, what you were telling me before we, we jumped on about, about Barclays and the farmer's market? So Barclay Elementary is down on 611 and they do a farmer's market every Wednesday. Now that's changed with the situation being school being closed for the past three months. So that what it looks like has changed a little, but basically in a nutshell, they get tons of donations every week. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday morning, volunteers go down and sort of sort through all the food, organize it, bag it all up. And then I think it's at four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. I'm not usually there for the pickup of the parents, but the parents drive up or walk up to the school. And each family walks away generally with three bags of groceries. One has produce, one has dry goods, and one has like an assortment of other things in it. Um, so it's been going on. I, I mean, I, they do it every, they do it while school's in session, but it looks a little different when school's in session. But now that school's out, we've been a part of that. And we as administrators take a, take a role in that every week. And I think they're planning to continue to do it through the summer as well. That's awesome. I'm curious. Uh... I don't care how much somebody loves their job. There's got to be something that like they don't like about their job. Like what, 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 what do you, what do you least enjoy about, you know, being principal uh, in general? <laughs> One thing that's easy email. Oh yeah. 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 I get way too much email. I just feel like oh, wow. I'm sometimes a slave to my computer or my phone. Wow. Um, so I, I, I always tell my colleagues, like if there's one thing I could get rid of in my job, let's, can we get rid of email? Um, I mean, it's good, obviously, in a lot of ways, but it is, it's very time-consuming. Um, and because you have email, you know, you're more accessible to people, which, again, that can be good, but that can also be a challenge. And so um, that's one thing that frustrates me at times. It's just I feel like, 
you know, especially like now, now it's a little different because I'm not in school, but like when you're in school, you know, as a principal, I want to be out and about, I want to be in the classrooms, I want to be with the kids and the teachers. And sometimes you find like, oh my goodness, the day's almost gone and I haven't left the office, yeah. you know, and that's not a good feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, do you get like a lot of parents uh, emailing you directly or? No? Um, not, I mean, I do get parents, but yeah. most of my email comes from staff or other people in the district, you know, yeah. whether it's other principals, curriculum people at the central office level. Um, I do get parent emails, but um, not, I don't get a ton of parent emails now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, I'm, I'm, you know, why, why I like to ask, you know, why do you do what you do? You know, besides that alarm clock and a paycheck, you know, what like motivates you and inspires you? Like uh, what make, what, what wakes you up in the morning? Yeah. Well, I, I really believe that, you know, I'm, my life is bigger than just being a school principal. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's not about just being a principal. Hello. I love what I do. And, you know, I could tell you story after story that proves to me that I know that I'm doing what I was called to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I really believe that, you know, I try to tell my kids this too, like life is not about a job. Life is not about making money. Life is not about you and, you know, whatever, filling your pleasure bucket, so to speak. You know what I mean? Life is about serving others. And so um, I feel like I need to have a purpose in life. And my purpose is, you know, what I'm doing is part of my purpose as a principal. My purpose is, you know, um, I mean, my purpose personally comes from scripture, which says, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love love your neighbor as yourself. Like they're the two commandments. So that's really what gets me up. Like that's what I'm doing. You know, my wife in our house has a sign and it says, uh, how will you measure your life? And then the question one is how do you love God? And question two is how do you love others? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what it's about, you know? And, um, so certainly I love what I do. Um, certainly if I didn't get paid, I don't know that I would do it if I didn't get paid. Right. Obviously there's you need to get paid. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not discounting that, but I do feel like it's more than just being a principal more than just being a dad, more than just being a husband. There's other stuff involved. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, we got to, you know, we're in this weird time right now with the pandemic. Um, and uh, I like to ask just a couple questions. Not a, not a lot because it's all we're thinking about and we're so absorbed in it right now. But, you know, how is, how is the uh, pandemic um, impacting you? Um. And what are you, you know, learning? I think, the, I think the biggest problem is we, I believe that we're social people, we're social beings, right? Human beings. We're meant to be in relationship with other people. And it's hard to do when your kids are sitting at home looking at a computer, you know, and yeah. you're, it's hard for teachers to do that. And it's hard for me as the principal when my teachers are sitting at home and I'm looking at them through a computer and I can't see them and talk to them face to face. So that's the bit to me, that's the, been the biggest challenge from a work perspective. It's just um, school, I don't believe, is meant to be done through a computer. You know, like, I'm yeah. not saying that some people can't do it that way and that, like, maybe if you're in college or graduate school, there are, there's a reason that could be valuable. But I think when you're talking about five and seven and 10 and 12-year-olds, um, they need to be in relationship with their teachers. And that's, that's a challenge when you're in this kind of situation. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It really does. Um, what are you learning about yourself uh, in this uh, pandemic? <laughs> I have to slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I tend to be in a rush. Um, I always joke with people on, that like if I were in school today, like I, I self-diagnose myself with ADHD. Um, you know, it's just hard for me to sit still. And um, 
So, and I'm, I just, I'm a, I'm a doer, you know what I mean? And like, it's not that I rush and do things sloppily. I just like, I'm a task guy. I like to get things done. And I've learned that like, maybe I need to just slow down a little bit. Maybe I need to like sit and be still, you know, and mm. um, there's value in that at times. And I think in our society, that's hard because we live in a fast paced, get it done yesterday's world, right? Mm-hmm. So I have learned that like, and I'm not saying I'm good at it, or I've, I don't know that I've gotten any better at it during the pandemic, yeah. but I've realized that I probably need to get better at it. Yeah. You know, in a time like this, um, everybody, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, everybody's out of their comfort zone, which, you know, we don't normally like. Um, and uh, we can easily complain. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, in the, despite this pandemic, what are you grateful for? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for, as you can tell, hopefully by what I'm saying, I love my job. I'm grateful to do what I do. Yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, I also am just, I'm sort of a simple guy. Like I'm not a real complicated, like, like I tell my kids all the time, like now this would be a great day to say this, but like, it's the winter time, you know, and we're sitting in our house and I like to say to my kids, you know, I'm, I'm glad we have a warm house to sit in, you know, like we're not you know, we have a nice house to sit in that's warm, you know, and that sounds so simple, but I, I am grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful that like, I do have a place to lay at night and you know what I mean? And obviously I'm grateful for my family. I'm blessed with four great kids who are a lot of fun to be around. And um, so there's a lot of things that I can be grateful for, you know, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for the people I work with. Uh, I can tell you that this pandemic has shown me how much more valuable teachers are. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate them so much more, just what they've done, what they've done to meet the needs of individual kids. is just, I could tell you story after story after story of things teachers have done over the last three months to meet the individual needs of one kid, not like a whole class, but one kid that's taken them lots of time and energy and money. And it's just phenomenal. The teachers, I'm really grateful for my teachers. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. What about, uh, what do you, what do you, uh, cause the pandemic it seems to be, you know, taking things away from us. Um, you know, uh, is there anything that you miss? You know, even, even it can be something like really practical. I mean, I miss the YMCA, you know, <laughs> that, that was a big thing in our family's life and now it's gone. And, uh, we miss that. What do you miss, man? Yeah. I miss the gym. I work out. I do like to go work out. So I do definitely miss that because it's so much harder to do that at home. Um, you know, I try, but it's hard. So I do miss that. Um, I do miss the um, interactions with, you know, I, I think I mentioned before, like I do miss that interaction with staff and people. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a big one. I miss that. Um, and something simple I miss, we have a great ice cream place near us called Sunday School. Okay. They great. They got great ice cream. It's like an old one room schoolhouse that they turned into an ice cream place. They got the best ice cream ever and they're closed right now. So I do wow. miss that. <laughs> wow nice i'm gonna remember that man i love ice cream i'm a huge ice cream fan i'm gonna yep. bring my family up there and check it out sometime yep sunday school right sunday school it's in i think it's technically in percocy okay yeah i want to say percocy i think it's in percocy yeah, technically yeah that's awesome man man what are uh you know what are um some ways of um we can walk alongside you or uh, anybody you know, like we were talking, like we were talking about the uh, schools seem to be much more involved in the community um, these days, which is great. 
um, if somebody wants to connect with you um, and just kind of like jump on and get involved with whatever it is you guys are doing into the community, whether it's ALS families or, you know, the farmer's market or whatever, how can people walk alongside you guys and, um, and connect with you? Well, I mean, I'm always open. I mean, I think that's how you and I connected originally, right? Was you shot out an email. And so my email is, you know, bfinger at cbsd.org, Brian Finger. So everybody in Central Bucks, it's their first initial, last name at cbsd.org. So I'm always welcome to emails. I do, I do spend time on Twitter. I'm not a big social media guy, but Twitter is one place that, that you can find me um, on Twitter, uh, b underscore finger. Um, so if you wanted to connect with me on Twitter, I, and I, and also Cold Spring Elementary School, we have a Twitter handle as well at Cold Spring, El, Cold Spring Elementary School at CB Cold Spring Elementary. So, um, they could connect with me there. Um, that, that's the one platform social media wise that I do do is Twitter. I'm not a big Instagram or Facebook or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. so, but we're always, I mean, we always love to partner with people in the community. So if someone were to reach out to me like you, you know, there's always needs, whether it's individual needs of kids individual needs of families sometimes we have staff members that have needs um you just never know so like we're always willing to partner with i mean like i said earlier i think i referenced we have a pretty good relationship with the fire department the police we partner with them a lot so i'm always open into partnering with different groups to help whether it's people in our school or maybe people in other schools as well because we have a big school district yeah i just i'm just fascinated i think it's awesome man amazing how um schools now are are, are kind of like um, crossing that line, I guess, and connecting in with families in a really intimate way. Like whether you're helping these families out that suffer from ALS. Um, I don't know. I guess normally, um, I guess I have a picture in my mind about a school and, and a school really wanting to like keep their distance from the families. Like, Hey, we'll teach your kids. But outside of like education, we don't really want to get involved in all that stuff because it gets messy. And I'm just like super amazed and, fa and like impressed that schools now, and it sounds like you guys are kind of crossing over that line. And it's like, yeah, we want to help. Like we want to like get into that mess. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier. Like I look at my purpose as more than just being a school principal. It's yeah. not just about running a building, running a school. Certainly that's a huge part of my, of my role, but you know, we have families in our school that have some significant needs. And you know, if I, if you don't meet the social emotional welfare, it's sort of like the whole Maslow's hierarchy, you know, those needs aren't being met. It's hard to teach a kid something if they have other things that aren't being met other needs. So, um, yeah, we do do a lot of that. And that is sometimes the most rewarding stuff we do, you know, and certainly it's rewarding when you teach a kid something and they learn it and they grasp a concept or a new idea. That's rewarding. But I think just as rewarding, if not more rewarding, is to be able to help a family that is just struggling in one way or a, or a particular child. You know, maybe you have a particular child in the school that's struggling with something in particular and you can help that child. And it oftentimes goes beyond reading, writing and math. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you say, uh, really quick, would you say kind of how much a school gets involved in the, in the, fa the, the family's um, kind of personal situations? Does that really trickle down to whoever the principal is? Like, 
are there some are there some schools that don't really do that because the principal doesn't kind of captain the ship in that way? Uh, I think that's part of it. Certainly, yeah, I do think part of it is that um, you know certainly you know the whoever the leader of the organization is sort of sets the tone, and hopefully the people in the organization follow that. So I definitely think yes, that's part of it. I think the other part of it is um, the needs of the school, you know, and like some schools are really needy and people, I don't think people really, you know, in central bucks, we don't know, often think that like, wow, this is central bucks. This is a pretty affluent area and maybe we don't have needs, but there's more needs than you might imagine in, in mm. all of our schools. There are a lot of needs and mm. they're not all just related to economics. You know, yeah. they're not all related to like food and shelter and clothing. Um, a lot of them relate to social, emotional, well-being kinds of needs, family needs. Um, so, um, but certainly the principal has something to do with that or, or the staff in the building. If you have teachers in the building to take that on as a, that's something that they're passionate about. And that would, mm. that would be an emphasis of that building as well. Yeah. Yeah. Man, one more question, man, just to kind of close it up. Um, our church is, you know, we're praying for people in the community um, and institutions in the community, man. And, uh, you know, we're always looking to help others. Is, is there anything that we can pray um, for you and your school about? Um, I would pray, well, certainly the families I mentioned that have ALS, they're, you know, that's just tragic. And I would pray for those families because um, one of the families already lost, the, the, the dad passed away, probably, I'm trying to think when that was back, right before the pandemic, maybe like in January. So one of the families, the dad has passed on and um, there's two other dads. So certainly pray for those families. I mean, that's, I can't even imagine what it's like to be going through that as a, as the wife in the family or as a kid, you know, of, uh, you know, being in whatever grade you're in and you're, you see this happening to your dad, that's just got to be totally devastating. Right. So yeah. I think the other thing you could pray for is our whole school district mm -hmm. and probably not just our school district, but in general, because I think there's a lot of uncertainty around what's going to happen in September. Mm. Um, is school going to look the same? Are we going to go back and do the traditional model? And if we do, what parameters, new parameters are going to be put on teachers and kids and principals to run a school on a daily basis? Or if we don't, will there be some other model that is temporarily used if we can't go back to school in the traditional way where everybody shows up every day? Um, and I think, so a lot of districts are planning for like every different option because there's, you know, there's a continuum of options. And I think districts are planning for, multiple options until they, cause we, at this point, I don't think anybody has that answer. And once we get that answer, um, then, you know, then we have to decide which, you know, we have to have every plan ready to go. So and that's a pretty big undertaking, you know, that's a pretty big undertaking. And I think this whole distance learning has been tough, especially on parents, you know, and I feel for parents, I feel for parents. Um, you could pray for the families in our community because you know, if you're a family and you have three kids at home and you're still trying to do your job, mm. right? You have to work still, mom and dad, and you have three kids going to school and one of them's in first grade and needs a lot of assistance at home. That's hard. There's a lot being asked of you. Yeah. Um, and I, I can see the toll it's taken on. It's been hard on families. It's been hard on, on families just because we're asking a lot of them. We're asking them essentially to, you know, we're providing the material, the lessons, but they're there side by side with their kids working through the problems with them. Yeah. Wow, man. I, I can't imagine. Um, it's crazy. Well, I appreciate yeah. uh, you sharing all that. Um, we're going to pray for you guys, the Central Bucks community, the families. Um, uh, I, Matt, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much, Brian. Um, 
And uh, man, to all the listeners out there, um, as we wrap up, you can find this uh, podcast and a bunch of other podcasts uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, our Facebook page. So you get updates on our Instagram page. Um, man, lots of opportunities to to listen in and um, and engage with uh, the For the Town podcast. So Brian, thanks so much, man, uh, for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you in person uh, <laughs> sooner than later, hopefully. Right. And um, yeah. working with you guys, man. We got some. We talked about some ideas uh, in the past, um, so I haven't forgotten about any of that. So um, I'll be in touch with you uh, sooner than later. And um, we're just looking forward to working with you, Brian. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. It's great to meet you. At least to see you first for the first time personally. And I do look forward to meeting you as well. And um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do this. It's been, it's been really enjoyable. You got it. Thanks a lot, Brian. See you later, everybody.